Welcome to the Sarah Prout Podcast. This show will help you to close the gap between intention to manifestation. So if you want to attract more abundance, more joy, more love, more wellness, or whatever it is that your heart desires, this is the show for you. Each week, I'll share with you an inspired interview, perhaps even a stream of consciousness, or tips and ideas and rituals to help you to get into the right frame of mind to live with more intention. So are you ready? Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Sarah Prout podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. You may have noticed my absence over the last few weeks if you are regularly regularly <laughs> tuning into the show. The reason for that is because I made the decision to move back to Las Vegas from the Hamptons. Now, this might come as shocking news for many of you that have followed my journey over the last four or five months to from making the decision to then leaving, and I'll be explaining a little bit more about the reasons behind that today. I think there's been enough space and enough distance for me to now share from a very vulnerable place, but a space of hopefulness and authenticity. So today's episode is a 2020 year of manifestations in review. So it could be a long one. If you want to take me for a walk, that would be great. I'd love to be in your ears as you hear these words and many of the lessons that I have learned this year. I want to share them with you because I feel like this year was such an anomaly, <laughs> to put it kindly and to put it nicely. 2020 was something that none of us saw coming. And I believe that there were so many blessings in the lessons, and I'm going to be sharing many of those with you today. So take me for a walk with you, make yourself a cup of tea or pour yourself a glass of wine, and we can spend some time together. And you will hear many of the experiences that I've had this year on a very personal level. And before we begin, I just want to remind you that my 21-day manifesting challenge begins on January the 1st. We have thousands of people from all over the world that are very excited to all come together to activate collaborative, magical manifestation energy and to really start to step into that next chapter of their life. And the reason I created the challenge is because I'm sharing many of the personal rituals and tools and techniques that I use in my day-to-day -day life that really helped me to go from living on welfare as a single mother over 10 years ago now to now running a successful million dollar business. So if you want to join me for the challenge, and I hope that you do because I would love the opportunity to connect with you on a deeper level, go to sarahprout.com forward slash challenge for all of the incredible details. That's sarahprout.com forward slash challenge. And I hope that you join me for the 21 day manifesting challenge that begins on January the 1st. Do it with a friend or tag a friend that you know, share this podcast with them and say, hey, I know this Sarah lady and she's got some, some gems to share with you that can help you to change your life. So if you feel that intuitive nudge, then I would dearly love to share this experience with you as we move into this next year. 
So in the past, I have done years in review. I haven't actually done a podcast year in review, but this year I wanted to do things a little bit differently because this year was so strange. (laughs) And as I mentioned, none of us saw it coming. Uh, This was a year of extreme isolation and concern and uncertainty. We were faced with political upheaval and the awful awful things that happened to so many families with COVID-19 and the pandemic and all of the other implications around that. And of course, and probably, you know, none of us saw it coming. Of course, we didn't. Nobody knew that we were going to be wearing masks or asked to wear a mask to walk into a supermarket. There were so many political issues and of course, systemic racism, which is such an important issue to discuss. uh, One that I am learning to dive into at a whole new level and there are so many incredible anti-racism resources out there for you to look up if you're interested in exploring some of the ways in which you may not have approached the issue before with sensitivity, with awareness, with consciousness and with a curiosity to do better and to build a bridge to create and facilitate healing where healing is needed. And um, I really say that with so much respect for what has unfolded in 2020. Now, as I'm recording this podcast, it might sound a little bit different (laughs) than usual because I'm recording with my iPhone microphone. It's a really cool little microphone, actually. It just plugs into the the little, um, what do they call it? cable attachment at the bottom. (laughs) Uh, And it's, it's good quality, but it's not like my usual microphone. So you may hear a bit of background noise. I'm in an Airbnb, which I've been at for the last week and a half since we moved from East Hampton back to Vegas. And uh, we've got some makeshift office situations unfolding. My MacBook is currently on the top of a dresser in the corner of our bedroom. Uh, And, you know, you may be able to hear some noises downstairs from my kids who are jumping up and down right now because it's just after Christmas and they've probably had a little bit too much candy. (laughs) So as I dive in today, just remember that any advice or gems or wisdom that you hear is because you're ready to hear it. And I don't say that from an arrogant perspective, and I hope that that translates effectively, but it's from the perspective that this is my life experience. And if you gather anything from it or you can resonate with it or it may seem like something completely out of your field of understanding, don't shut down. Ask yourself how you can listen through it and realize that sometimes the information lands at the perfect time, at the perfect place when it is meant to and quite often not a moment sooner. (laughs) And I also, as I share this list with you, I'm a little bit nervous because I listed it out on my notes app and some of it, it's like, oh, maybe this will rub some of you the wrong way. And um, that's okay. Just view this sharing as coming to you from a space of authenticity and from wanting to connect at a deeper level and from a space of non-judgment. Because the first one is that in January 2020 of this year, I got a tattoo and some people take issue with that. And I thought, okay, I turned 40. Um, This is my year. And you can actually go back and listen to the podcast episode that I recorded in January 2020, which says that I went to see a psychic, a plastic surgeon and a tattoo artist all in the same day. It was a completely spontaneous decision to get this tiny little heart on the corner of my right wrist. 
And it was something that was very uh, symbolic for me because I have had this very interesting self-love, self-acceptance journey. And I felt like that was the best way to remind myself to be the love. Be the Love, remember, was the title of my Goldcast video that has been viewed over 61 million times. And it was my reminder that that video, I mean, I, I look at that now and I think even the video, even though it, it it's a story that was heavily edited, it doesn't represent who I am now and the journey that I have been on since that uh, speaking gig was recorded and then sent out there to millions and millions of people all over the world. So Be The Love is my anchoring, grounded point of perspective. So I got the tattoo in January and not long after that, I went to a Mind Valley event in Los Angeles. And so we were just starting to hear about this um, this virus that was I think it was affecting China first and so we were being careful because I think there'd been a couple of cases in the states and I had hand sanitizer in my handbag (laughs) and you know we were all a bit cautious with hugging and things like that at this event and that was one of the last that was the last gathering that last uh, live event that I went to where there was a crowd of people And so we knew that the world was changing because the news was amplifying the fear a lot. And then it was soon after that, uh, I was just relaxing at home. I was having a bath and Sean came into the bathroom and he's like, Sarah, our landlord just contacted me and he's given us two weeks to find another house and to move out because at that stage our lease had expired and we were just taking it month to month and we hadn't had a conversation with our landlord yet just in case we wanted to move. So we knew the risk and we knew there was the possibility that he could contact us and that's exactly what he did. And so we had to find a place to live within a matter of weeks and it was during that time that Ava, my youngest, who was three at the time, she got really sick. Like she got a... um, something called RSV, which I actually think was COVID, but before COVID was tested, because when we were in the hospital, she was hospitalized for a few days and she couldn't breathe. She had all of the the usual symptoms. Now, RSV is an upper respiratory tract infection, not lower. Uh, And I think COVID is both and doesn't affect children in the same way. But I remember the nurse telling me that the entire ward was filled with kids that had RSV because A, it's usual for that time of year, but B, it was unusual of the volume of children that were coming in. So I definitely think there was a mixture of COVID and RSV in there for sure or some kind of weird flu, but it was unlike anything that I'd ever experienced with any of my children before, high fever, uh, not sleeping, vomiting, not able to breathe and a a horrendous cough. So little Ava, it was so scary in the hospital and, and going through that, but it was also a blessing because she was, we were so present together. She was She was a little miracle that just uh, took it on board with a sense of grace. And even though she was uncomfortable, (laughs) she's... um she she took it like a champion. And I remember asking the nurse if there was a vaccine for RSV and these words haunted me. She's like, oh, I hope there's not a vaccine. Then I'd be out of a job. <laughs> so that is definitely a dialogue that changed within the the realms of 2020 and with COVID and all of the talk around vaccination or not vaccination, not vaccinating. And that's a conversation for another day. Um, but that was an interesting piece of awareness of how quickly a virus can permeate society and culture because then we went into lockdown. I mean, that was that was absolutely crazy, the fact that um, Las Vegas shut down 
The casino shut down. There were hardly any planes in the sky. Uh, we didn't know what we were dealing with, so I had Clorox wipes on my Amazon packages and I would wear rubber gloves and, you know, we would stock up on food and toilet paper wasn't available on the shelves and all of these different ways of viewing the world. And we went into something that is now popularized as the new normal or uh, the word pivot, which has been so overused, like businesses had to change. And especially for our business, we were worried at first that things, especially online subscriptions like the Manifesting Academy or many of our um, products such as the life-changing miracle of decluttering or the ancient manifesting ritual, they, they might change. And we actually saw an increase because people were at home. Now, this is where the miracle started to come in. Uh, we we did have to make a switch to be more engaged with our audience. Um, platforms such as Zoom, I'm sure, saw an incredible surge of success <laughs> after schools were closed down. And, you know, my kids, all four, were living under the same roof. My son, he has a job and he wasn't able to go in for nearly eight weeks. And we had to make the decision very early on as to whether we would quarantine with our nanny. So we offered her a room. And she stayed with us until she couldn't. Um, I'm sure there are so many different elements that contributed to her not wanting to stay with us because it's intense. I mean, as a nanny, she could come in, work from, you know, eight hours a day, which was a lot, and then go home and decompress and be away from the family dynamic. But here in lockdown and quarantine, she wasn't able to do that. So we lost a nanny. But that gave us the beautiful opportunity to be present with our children, something that we had not prioritized because we were building and scaling our business. But here's the thing. I stopped working as much. I worked half as much and I was twice as productive. And Sean and I started tag teaming our days. He would take the first shift of the day at work and then I would start at 11.30 until 6 p.m. at night. So I was still getting quite a few hours of uninterrupted work time. And we got this really beautiful flow happening where the world around us felt radically different. Because remember, my speaking career was just starting to take off. And um, I had speaking gigs booked for uh, Mexico City, for London, for New York a couple of times. If you can hear a dog barking in the background <laughs> and you are the owner of a dog in the Las Vegas area and you can hear your dog barking outside, please bring them inside. <laughs> this is interrupting my flow, but that's okay. I've got three dogs, but they're all relatively quiet. So losing the nanny was a blessing. And then... Um, one of the trips that I had planned to go to in New York, we'd book the flights, um, I would schedule the meetings, was with my agent to go to all of the different publishers to pitch the idea for my latest book. And so that had to go to Zoom. So I, I showed up to all of these Zoom meetings uh, with various different publishers to pitch my book idea. And I ended up landing an incredible book deal with one of the biggest publishers in the world. Um, it's a division of Macmillan Publishing. It's St. Martin's Essentials. I can't tell you the name of the book just yet, but it's going to be edited in the next few months and it will be available for pre-order in 2021. So make sure you watch out for those details because I've got so many exciting things around that. So I, I wrote a book. I wrote a book between June and September and I handed in my manuscript. I felt really proud of it too and that's what I devoted my time to. I also started an Etsy jewelry business with my daughter because she was at home and we needed something to do and that started to go gangbusters. Like I started generating around I think it was about $10,000 a month from Etsy 
we could only do it for a couple of months because scaling was an issue. I just couldn't keep up with the demand and, and keep going and running the company as the creative director in the same capacity. So, you know, there were a lot of different things going on, but it was still that beautiful groundedness, that connection to family. While none of us were allowed to go outside and restaurants were closed, you know, I, I made meals for my family every single night. And then the world started opening up again and we started feeling a little bit antsy within those four walls thinking, is Vegas really the place for us or do we want to go on a vacation? So we went to San Diego and we started thinking about possibly uh, moving to New York. Now, this is all a bit of a blurry time frame now. Now we're around May or June, which is the first time that I launched the 21-day manifesting challenge, which was incredible. And so many people are joining us yet again for this one. So go to sarahprout.com forward slash challenge if you want to join us because we start on January the 1st. But we made the decision to explore the possibility of moving to New York, to be around the trees, to have some land, to be able to go to the ocean. And, you know, there were so many signs, so many signs of alignment. And we took those kind of as gospel, like, yes, you should go to the Hamptons. Um, after I wrote the book, in fact, the day that I finished the manuscript, I had left the office door open to my office, this balcony, and a hummingbird had flown into my office and I said, Sean, come up here, there's a problem. And this hummingbird was flying around in my office and was perched on the corner of my computer. And it kept on flying around and perching on the same section at the top right-hand corner of my computer. Now, that was a sign for me that, oh, that's nice, a nice little sign from the divine that I had created something really special and that I was entering into a different transitional phase. And so after we went to San Diego, I can't even remember timelines now, whether it was before or after I finished the book. I think it was after or maybe before. I don't know. But I ended up getting really sick. And to this day, I still don't know whether it was COVID or not, but I'm pretty sure that it was because I lost my sense of taste and my sense of smell. And so I quarantined in my office for 14 days and I had some definite breakdowns and meltdowns and I had the worst headache I've ever had in my life. I, I took a lot of, um, you know, like Tylenol and things like that and I was nauseous and I was weak. I couldn't move and I couldn't smell or taste anything, which was really strange. So I love essential oils and I, you know how potent a peppermint oil is, for example. I couldn't even smell that. So I had the symptoms of COVID. I ended up buying an at-home testing kit and I think I left it a little bit later in the game to get tested and it came back negative. But to this day, my intuition tells me it was something I've never had before. It felt very alien, if that makes sense. And um, it was an opportunity to just recalibrate and to think about what I want. And I had to also at the same time make peace with the fact that my son Thomas, who is now 19, was moving out of our house because we had made the decision to move to the Hamptons. And I knew that he would be ready because he's a really awesome young man and he would be more than capable of being out in the world on his own. But it all felt really rushed considering the unfolding and, and the trauma of what 2020 had presented and um, so I, I had a breakdown of sorts and still had to keep going. So after I recovered from COVID, after I'd finished the book manuscript and after a lot of family issues were going on in the background as well, we packed up our entire life in Las Vegas and we said goodbye. We moved to the Hamptons. We moved to this beautiful house that was on uh, an acre of land, 1.5 acres of land, and we loved it. It was gorgeous. 
it was peaceful, it was still, there was a connection to nature and the trees and my intuition started getting getting activated in a way that it hadn't been in such a long time and I felt my body beginning to heal. Again, it was like another layer of that surrender, of that presence, of that opportunity to just be here now. And um, we said goodbye to Thomas and that was really tough and I started going through this grieving period of missing my son because he's been with me for nearly 20 years, right? And I was so young when I had him, it felt like a part of me was missing. And um, there were a lot of family issues going on in the background as well, which I won't go into. And uh, I started exploring the works of a man called Prentice Mulford, who was a new thought teacher in the 1800s. And you can listen back to one of my podcast episodes all about Prentice and a very synchronistic unfolding of how we found his resting place. Uh, his work is incredible, so I can highly recommend that you check that one out. Uh, but in the Hamptons, it was a place of peacefulness and um, recalibration. And I can see why so many... And I mean, this sounds so pretentious, so just ignore what I'm about to say. But I can see why so many celebrities like to go there because they don't get bothered. Now, I'm not saying by any means that I get bothered. Um, but it was kind of cool that we lived right down the road from Hugh Jackman, even though we never saw him. <laughs> I would watch his Instagram stories of being on the beach that was right down the end of our street and go, oh, my gosh, I was I was there this morning. But our paths never crossed. And I think it would be awkward to go up and say, hey, I know who you are, but, you know. I'm Sarah. <laughs> so it's cheesy. But I can see why it would have been such a great hiding spot for people that perhaps wanted to not be in the spotlight of the media. Um, so the other thing was that, and this is very, very personal, is that I started taking more responsibility for my emotional outbursts and some of the ways in which I would self-sabotage. So over the years, and I write a lot about this in my upcoming book of how I've navigated a lot of the trauma that I experienced being married for 10 years in a situation of domestic violence, that has played itself out in my marriage to Sean in so many different ways. Um, not, I don't want to go into a lot of details, but not in the most healthy way in terms of me questioning and testing his love and um, being very, uh, how do I put this? I don't want to non-conscious with my communication. And this year was a real cleanup of some of the final dregs of my journey and of my healing. And at that time, it happened to coincide with me having a great level of forgiveness and healing to take place with my ex-husband to the point that we have actually become friends. We're on speaking terms. We speak sometimes about the welfare of our children, Thomas and Olivia. And it's been really nice to view the uh, dismantling of limiting beliefs. Because here's the thing, the 61 million views that I had for my Goldcast video, which document a very private story, I didn't think about how that would impact my ex-husband because I believed, hey, he deserved it because he was such a, a rat bag. He was so rotten. But here's the thing, I wasn't the best either. And I needed to take ownership and responsibility for my part in that dynamic. And I'm a different person. He's a different person. There's been over 11, nearly 12 years of healing now that's taken place. And we've learned so much and grown as individuals within our current marriages. So it was really nice to have that opportunity to grow and to flourish into a next level of understanding to help my students especially deal with that level of grief and that level of forgiveness that so often happens and unfolds in dysfunctional relationships. So 
in my own marriage with Sean, something that was really important to him, and he loves Marvel, you know, the Iron Man movies and Avengers and all that kind of stuff. So I agreed to watch all of the Marvel movies because I had criticized them and, you know, made fun of them for years because I don't, I don't actually like them. <laughs> Although Doctor Strange is a great movie. Uh, and so every Saturday, Sean and I have the ritual of sitting with Olivia, watching the movie as well, to watch a Marvel movie. And so that's been a great way to connect and to create ritual that uh, facilitates more connection. And so that takes us up to about October, where I decided to change the name of my podcast, which you may have already noticed from Journey to Manifesting to the Sarah Prout podcast because we've reached over 2.8 million downloads and more people searched for Sarah Prout podcast than they did Journey to Manifesting podcast. So that was like a quick inconsequential little switch out. And the seasons were changing in the Hamptons and I saw the leaves fall from the trees and it was glorious. It was so beautiful to see the, the gold leaves falling and then the deer that would show up and the turkeys and the uh, the different ways in which nature would show up in ways that I haven't witnessed for many, many years, not since I lived in either Sweden, England or Australia. And it was beautiful to witness that as humans, we go through our own seasonal changes. And, uh, you know, just on a personal note, I saw my hair started to grow again, you know, and I decided to not dye it anymore, not diet diet <laughs> dieting's never a good idea <laughs> but uh dye dyeing my hair like putting color through my hair because I don't need it and it felt like a toxic chemical and I just made peace with my hair growing instead of like plucking out my six gray hairs <laughs> um I decided to just go with it and see what would happen and what happened was that my hair started growing rather than feeling like it was being tortured in some way so the seasons changed and internally I could feel the changes as well. I felt the loneliness and the isolation of not being around my child, around Thomas, not having the world open up again and, and that kind of thing and feeling very lonely, isolated and not where I should be. That, that was like a first intuitive inkling. And what I now realize is that I probably just needed a vacation and a holiday rather than being out there in the Hamptons. And there's so many reasons why we decided to come back, uh, many personal reasons, and I'll, I'll get to a little bit of that soon. So uh, October 31st rolled around and I lit a fire. Something so magical about being in the countryside in the Hamptons was lighting a fire and just sitting there and watching the flames and and lighting the fireplace and being cold because it was really cold. It was beginning to get very chilly. And that was the night before my birthday. And we didn't celebrate Halloween because there was no, you know, every most people head back to the city. There's only about 20% of people that stay in the Hamptons all year round. It's probably a reason for that because we had a couple of tornado warnings while we were there, which was a little bit confronting and scary. And um, so it was the night before my birthday, before I turned 41, I'm like, okay, this is great. I'm just going to light the fire, read a book, and then go to bed. And I was going to sleep in. That was my one wish. And parents out there know that, you know, Mother's Day, birthdays are great times to have that sleep in, <laughs> um, if you can. And Sean woke me up at five o'clock in the morning and he said, Sarah, I think this is worth waking you up for because Kim Kardashian just shared one of your Instagram quotes. And I'm like, no way, this is a, this has got to be a prank. You know, I'm not even following Kim Kardashian. I don't know anything really about her. 
even though she's got the most amount of Instagram followers, I think, than most people on Instagram. I think she has like 90 million followers. It's a crazy amount. And I've noticed the day before that I was getting a lot of new followers, like thousands of new followers and not being able to figure out where it came from. And it was my sister-in-law, Melina, that texted Sean and said, hey, did you know that Sarah has had her work shared by Kim Kardashian? So that was a huge deal to me because it exposed my work to a greater audience. Many of you guys know me from that now that listen to the podcast or follow me on Instagram. And so that was, that was really cool (laughs) in a way. (laughs) And, you know, it was like, it's not that I'm, uh, how do I put it? Dumbstruck by celebrity by any means, because I've, I've had the pleasure of working with celebrities before. And, you know, it's just the fact that my work was shared at that specific point in time where I felt very lonely and very isolated. And there's a whole manifesting story behind that. If you want to go back and listen to that podcast episode, I think it's titled Kim Kardashian shared my work on Instagram and this is what happened. Um, So listen to that if you'd like to go back and hear the full story. So that period of time in November, as the seasons were changing and the pool was closed up and, you know, we would see the, the starkness of the, the land and the the ocean, it was really beautiful, so recalibrating and really reflecting on the year. I feel like it's been, I felt like I've lived so many different lifetimes within just the this year alone. And it was during that time that I launched the Visionary Mastermind, which is my exclusive mastermind program for six and seven figure business owners and entrepreneurs and influencers. And um, I began to attract the most incredible people that would apply for the very limited amount of spaces. And speaking of which, we do have a few spaces left if this interests you, because I'm going to be going through so many of the ways in which you can refine your communication and write a book and get your message out there to the world. So you can go to sarahprout.com forward slash mastermind if you are interested in applying, but the deadline is coming up in a few days. So you've only got a couple of days to do that if you're listening to this, or you can get on the wait list if you are listening to this in the future. So the mastermind launched and we opened the group and the most incredible people were stepping forward to really elevate their game plan for 2021 and beyond. And then it was Thanksgiving. So around the 26th of November, I woke up at 3 a.m. with chest pains, like the worst chest pains. My intention was to take five days off, five or six days off completely to get off social media and to read a fiction book. I was reading the Oh, The Secret of Shambhala by James Redfield, who wrote The Celestine Prophecy. And I was really loving that. And I felt like I was having some kind of spiritual awakening. And that's probably a woo-woo episode for another day. And I was really missing my son because this was the first Thanksgiving where he wasn't there. And I knew he was having some difficulties at home uh, in Vegas. And I woke up with chest pains at 3am and I said to Sean at 6am I think you need to take me to the emergency room because I was convinced I was having a heart attack even though I'm healthy even though um, you know I eat well I sleep well I don't drink I don't smoke all of those usual suspects I felt like I had so much pressure in my chest right in the middle of my chest actually so I didn't really know if it was the left or the right felt like it was more towards the right And um, I had to go into the emergency room by myself because Sean wasn't allowed in. He waited in the car. And there were so many things that happened during that session. 
Um, the doctors were trying to tell me about my body and what was going on and and they wanted to do an MRI even though they did a CAT scan and a lung scan and a blood test and a COVID test, which felt like a pap smear but in my nose. <laughs> um, that was negative, so I didn't have COVID. Um, so ultimately, and I, I met this doctor and I, I recorded a YouTube video on that. So if you want to go and look that up or listen to the previous podcast, I talk a lot more about how the doctor prompted me, this beautiful female doctor. She prompted me to make peace with my emotions because I was suffering from grief and from being away from my home. And um, it was then that I started questioning whether I should think about moving back to Vegas and this was a huge idea for Sean because we'd move all of our life from Las Vegas to the Hamptons we'd sold furniture we had you know it it was a big expensive move to get there I mean I'm not talking about a low-cost amount this was an expensive venture and then some personal things unfolded with my son and I can't go into details about that because that's his story to share But it became very apparent that I need to be back in Vegas, not just for him, but for a whole different reason. There there were so many different reasons, so many reasons why it made sense not to be there Uh, for my own family, for Sean's family, for Thomas, my son. I can probably get into that when I've had a bit more distance from the situation. Now, keep in mind, I've only been here for a week and a half. So we had to move very, very quickly and we'd booked the movers. you know, there's so many different things that needed to unfold from getting rid of a lot of furniture to beating a snowstorm to, uh, you know, all of the things that happen when you make a move and you make it quickly. So right now we do not have a home. We are staying in Airbnbs until we find somewhere to rent. And our plan is to buy a home in Las Vegas and make this our home base. So we can travel back to the Hamptons and be there for maybe three months at a time if we want to or go to Hawaii or wherever, you know, wherever we want to go because as entrepreneurs, that's something that we have been blessed enough to be able to do. Uh, But right now it's a time for saving (laughs) and for being really smart with our abundance and we're going to put our heads down, do the work and then plan for more freedom in the future when the world does hopefully open up again once all this COVID craziness is over and we can return to regular scheduled programming. So a few things that I learned from this year is... um, these are, these are some of the high-level overview pieces that I am so grateful to have learned. And one of them is connecting with, him, with my marriage a lot deeper and with my kids because we don't have any childcare and I haven't had a cleaner and I haven't had anyone doing the shopping. I've actually been a fully functional human showing up and participating in my own life for the first time in five years. And it's a little bit embarrassing to say that. And also, if if you do have childcare or a nanny or you do get other people to help you out, there's no shame in that. But the thing that really was the trap for me was that I was using it as an excuse to not show up and be present and conscious with my decisions. And they just kind of snowballed to the point where I lost time with my little ones. And I really am so happy and thrilled and excited to have that time back again. And, uh, you know, all three of my girls now are homeschooled. I'm fortunate enough that Sean has decided to uh, take the reins with that one and homeschool them. And there's so many amazing things that they've learned through that. And, I mean, my daughter Lulu, she's only five, but she knows how to skip count by 12s. I don't think I learned that until I was like 11. But anyway, 
So homeschooling has been an amazing thing, especially given the fact that most of the schools aren't open right now or only partially open. Uh, The second thing that has been such a huge blessing this year is becoming aware of critical thinking skills. Now, I've spoken about this before and I'll only just kind of touch, scratch the surface with this, but I do believe that as human beings, we need to be more responsible with how we assimilate the information that we are being presented with. This means the media. This means the... um, the news. This means the things that you read and don't all, don't believe it all without doing the exploration behind it because sometimes it has an agenda behind it. Now I'm not talking crazy conspiracy theories here. I'm not talking, you know, like some of the things that can trigger some people off like going, whoa, you know, that's a little bit scary. I'm think I'm talking to you about doing the work and being willing to see beyond to a bigger picture because sometimes the dots just don't connect and you just take what you're told as fact and when really it's an opportunity to explore what your intuition is guiding you to remember. I'm going to be talking a lot about this in 2021 and beyond. Another blessing that has unfolded in this year, 2020, is deep self-care and self-acceptance. I feel like being 41 now, I feel like I'm... um, not trying to prove myself anymore. There's there's like something that's really settled about who I am and where I'm at. And I guess it doesn't, actually, I don't guess, I know that it doesn't matter what your background is, what age you are, you know, what journey you have traveled thus far. Everybody, and I mean everybody, can experience deep self-care and self-acceptance if they choose to. I mean, there is something to be said about just showing up and being there for your body, for your mind, for your spirit. And this has helped me, which is another you know, uh, hang on, I'm trying to untangle my words here, that is like a a byproduct, if you will, of this self-acceptance and being the love is fine-tuning my message and how I can help you guys to manifest your best life, to really get curious about what your intuition is training you to understand and how you can show up and be the embodiment of the best version of yourself. So, That was really a high level, very fast overview of many of the lessons and pivotal points of inspiration (laughs) and education that have unfolded in my life over the last year. And what's next for me is that I am so excited to write more, to take on more creative projects, to hopefully, fingers crossed, get back on stages and speak again, because that's what I feel like I need to do, to share the word of love and unity and empowerment of your intuition, of the capacity that you have to create your own reality and to only turn your energy towards the things that serve you and edit out the rest, right? Because life is so short. We've seen that happen this year more than ever, where we're really getting curious about what we want in our lives, how we want to feel the people that we want to surround ourselves with. And there has never been a more important time than right now to decide what is truly going to nurture and nourish who you truly are as a spiritual being, which is why I'm so excited about the 21 day manifesting challenge, because that's really going to show you some of the core foundational elements that will help you on your manifesting journey. Things like creating a vision board that really works, journaling to dive into some self-discovery prompts um, to 
connect with your future self to use the power of creative visualization. And once once again, if you want to join me, go to sarahprout.com forward slash challenge. It's going to be an incredible collective experience. You're going to love it. Um, And I also encourage you to do your own year in review, even if it's just sitting back and listing out 10 things that you learned this year. Just make sure that you encapsulate it, whether it's in a journal, in your notes app, or you want to you know, send me a DM if you want to share some of the things that have happened this year. I'd love to hear. It's it's really beautiful to witness some of the things that you guys want to manifest in 2021 and beyond. And so as this podcast draws to a close, I want to dive into next week's episode, which will be all about intention setting, how you can set big and powerful intentions to create the life of your wildest dreams. Because here's the thing, when you make the time to do that with specific clarity, and I should have put that, you know, don't get an Airbnb with a small dog that won't stop barking next to your house (laughs) on my intention setting list. But here's the thing, you manifest what you need, you manifest what you're ready for, you manifest what you're calling in that will nurture and nourish your soul on a whole new level. And I'm going to be talking a lot about that in the coming months, in the next podcast episode, in the interviews that I do, in the work that you guys see me release and share out into the world. So I just want to say thank you so much for being here with me for this podcast for 2020. And I can't wait for 2021 and what that will bring. Sending you so much love. Thank you so much for being here and happy manifesting. Bye for now. It's back due to popular demand, the 21 day manifesting challenge with me, Sarah Prout. We are going to create so much magic together and it begins on January the 1st, 2021. What you'll learn during this 21 day journey is how to activate your manifesting powers and not just through your thoughts, but ultimately your emotions and your energy. We're going to set intentions with consistency and clarity. You'll be activated as a magnet for abundance in so many different forms. We'll raise your vibration for more magic and miracles, connect to the universe, and spark and strengthen your intuition. I would love for you to join me because I know that it will help you to radically transform every area of your life. So go to sarahprout.com forward slash challenge for all of the details and to register. I hope that you join me.